Go. Cool. Uh, what's up, everyone? Uh, my name is Love You. Uh, first of all, if you're watching this for myself or if you're just watching it for Denzel or both, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to spend watching this video. No matter where you are, I just want to say that you're worth it, you're beautiful, you're loved, and you have unlimited potential in this world, no matter who you are or where you are. And without further ado, welcome to Wesley Studios. I'm the new right host for the video. I'm going to tell you right now, that's way better than any intro. I would have done like, yeah, I mean, Eric, go back a long time, uh, blah, blah, blah. No, that was... <laughs> who's, who's Eric, though? <laughs> Come on. I have to advertise a little bit as Eric, because my audience knows Eric, your audience will know I love you, but we're going to advertise... We're gonna pump. I love you. Or I love you. I love you. Sorry. Um, so Denzel was there. That's a Denzel big one. That should always be the biggest. And Denzel, they go ape shit. I'm in Denzel in my life. You think you're Denzel? You think you're walking to a room full of cops with a bunch of confidence and swagger? That's what Denzel does. Denzel got the smoothest walking show business, don't he? It was, it was an amazing experience with Denzel because he was a complete legend. You know what I mean? He's been around longer than I've been alive in a sense. And Let's swing for the fences. Let's offer it to Denzel. Okay, let, let's start because I know you have topics you want to touch on. We'll get to them. Trust me, we've got a lot of time here. What's the whole reasoning behind Love You? Love you. Walk me through it because it's confusing <laughs> to me. So walk, it's walk me through it. It's confusing to a lot of people, but. Um, Love You is really the final, I guess, stage, as you can say, as finding myself over this past year. Um, the thing with sobriety, once you get clean, and once you do like a lot of spiritual work, so to say, you start peeling back like layers of things that you thought you were, as in like labels that you applied to yourself, right. or just certain certain egos that you lived in so with myself what i notoriously did before i got sober was i would take on these like ridiculous projects tasks ridiculous looks and try and say and try and hide behind this so to say so whether it was bodybuilding whether it was being this cool promoter or whatever else it was just not something that i was so over the past six months, I've really done some heavy groundwork and kind of started peeling back all these bullshit layers that I applied to myself to start finding myself, to start finding like who I really was. Interesting. And it kind of it got to the point where I was like, well, what's the one thing that's helped me get through this entire process and create all these cool opportunities of, of late and it's been it's been love love has been the most powerful healing process through my sobriety it's been the most powerful tool for networking and the world just needs more of it so if there's one word to put in everyone's mouth it would be love also i think it's very important for us to just shine love on whatever situation it may be and use love as a tool to understand someone. So, like, I have a very common rule that I use for myself, and that is no matter who I speak to, no matter what they've done, I will shine love on them so I can understand them as a human being. If I were to shine hate on them, there would be a huge part of them that 
I would block off and not be able to understand because I'm mm -hmm. using these biased judgments. Now, that doesn't mean that things they have done are right, mm -hmm. but that just means I'm willing to look at myself and understand myself so I can understand another human being. And that's kind of where Love You came from. Okay, okay. So there's an Instagram clip. Uh, yeah, and I mean, spreading love on a universal level is my one goal in this world. So yeah, that's absolutely, the word, love man. You, so. Well, yeah, that that makes a whole lot of sense. So uh, I mean, that's why I'm gonna get tattooed to my neck, and that's why I have peace, love. Yeah, I was and gonna say that. That, that, that was another tattoo. question. Yeah. Um, did that? How much it tickled, eh? That definitely uh, didn't feel good. It was a stick and poke tattoo. Oh, uh, cool. Shout out uh, Christine. Nice was, that the, was that the girl that did it on stage at Northern that Touch? That was. Who did it cool. for Cool. Yeah, so it was a stick and poke. Not really. Uh, honestly, just like all things, I just took a deep breath. Just inhale. Bared through it. Accepted it. And once you, once you just accept that it's going to your neck a certain amount of times... <laughs> Um, you're gonna be fine. I've gone too far to stop now, too, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a whole new level of trust when you let someone put a needle <laughs> in your neck. No kidding, hey. So. Uh, it's kind of funny, like you're saying that these were um, personas you were putting on through bodybuilding and stuff. You were really good at all of those things, though. I was really. You good. were really good. Like you got huge. You were shredded. You yeah, got. You had dedicated your. As much as I wasn't paying attention at promoting, because you kept asking me about my birthdays. Uh, you were good at your promoting. You definitely dove in. Whatever you do, you dive in balls deep. Yeah, like but it's, but the thing is with, I think the very important thing is, why I immersed myself so much into that, and this is a very common trait amongst people with addiction issues mm -hmm. is. They take on huge, massive projects for escapism, oh. and they dive the fuck into those. So for myself, it all started when I was a young kid who just grew up in a very chaotic household, mm -hmm. never got, like, my parents understood what the textbook word love meant, mm -hmm. But just they had their own things growing up that they never resolved with, unfortunately. And their form of and, showing it, And too. they carried that with them, raising my brother and myself. Right, okay. So when it came to displaying love as an adult and to their child, it just was, it just was never there. Okay. So, like, that just built up a very uncomfortable feeling at home where I was always uneasy. So... Like, I would always be afraid to... Keep talking. I'm just going to adjust the camera. Yeah. Like, I would be afraid to um, speak up about what was going on in the house. I was just always on edge, and it was fucking terrible. Um, like, whether it was my mom saying that... And again, before I get into this with any parents or family, um, it's nothing. We're good now. But... These are just things I've come to learn. Like with my mom, she had a pretty, a pretty rough upbringing herself, where she just ran from things, unfortunately, and she carried that into adulthood. So whenever oh, things geez. came up at home, her the first response would be to just run away from it, right? Yeah. So even when we we're when it was a fight with my dad, like. Literally, there was one time driving to um, see my grandmother's grave out in the country. Like, we were an hour out, gone to a fight in the car, and she literally just walked out of the fucking car and said, I'm gone. Right with my brother and me in there. And then my dad's 
with handling things with anger. Oh, so, geez, yeah, that's the horrible combination. So again, that's just the result because they had they had no structures growing up. They never dealt with it. Mm-hmm. So, like when things came up at home, anger was a response. And that led to like literally fist fights with him when I was like twelve years old. Oh Jesus Christ! Like absolutely chaotic. So, yeah, I man, right I... right off the bat from there, I felt like I had something to prove. All the time. Now when I went to school. I was equipped with these two unsteady coping mechanisms to, angry, to, so, yeah. to socialize with other kids. Yeah, yeah. And I quickly found out that the tools that I was provided with at home weren't stable. No, they weren't. Um, they were absolutely not the correct ways, and other kids saw that really fast. But see, when you're kids, you just look at that kid as a weird kid. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah. I would go to school, and they like this kid's weird. What's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. And then it just led to going home, to not having an escape from getting absolutely ripped on at school. Yeah, and then you gotta like, go getting home picked and do on it too. for weight. Having girls run up to me before school starts, spit in my face. Oh, Jesus Christ. Having having close friends at the time, like, go spread my deepest secrets around school. Like, it was honest. I could never find a way to get out. Mm-hmm. Then when athletics came, yep. I was like, this is my escape. I lost a little bit of weight. I had my name on the announcements. I was like, this is cool. People yeah. stopped making fun of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of properly assessing the pain that I was Mm. dealt with, I chose to internalize it and start picking up these massive projects for escapism to prove something. That makes sense. So to get to your point of, you're so good, you went all in. I did these to get away from something Mm -hmm. and to prove myself to people I really didn't care about. Mm -hmm. So with athletics, I may have gotten a certain... degree but that came with eating disorders it came with bulimia for a year and a half it came with binge aging for a year and a half so like with the athletics and with the eating disorders it got so bad that i would call into work because mm-hmm. i ate something bad i would just go home and puke it up oh, like there's one time in particular where um, just Due to Is this be- post high school? Post. Oh, okay, okay. So just due to being picked on so hard, yeah. I was always trying to control my weight. So when I found this outlet and I was finally getting attention and I was skinny and it was all that, it came with a very, very dark side that no one knew about. I would binge eat every day. I'd be bulimic. When I finally accepted that I had an issue with excuse me, with eating disorders was the day that Woke up like every other day, played the music, jammed it. I was like, this is the day that I'm going to stop. I'm going to be normal. How only I knew back then. So drove to Starbucks. It was payday. I was like, treat myself. How many years ago? How long ago was this? Just so I can have The eating disorder was, it was on and off throughout high school, but it took full stride when I was 20 years old. So about five years ago. Okay. So, okay, okay. dropped the Starbucks, had a cookie, had a breakfast sandwich, and I felt so bad. Really? I felt so bad about myself. I drove to my work. I decided, cannot do it. I had to keep this up. So, I drove a block away from my work, hmm. called in, and said, I'm not going to be able to make it at work today. Jesus. I'm not feeling good. So, on the way home, 
I said, well, I know I'm going to throw this all up anyways. So what well, should you, I do? You, you kept going, didn't you? Might as well. That's absolutely oh. what I did. So I bought <laughs> third. I calorie you, binge. I kid you not. I bought probably $30 worth of more food on the way home. I downed it all before I got home. Jesus. I puked it all up. And then it was just to set off this nervous breakdown. And then that day, I think three hours later, I went out, bought more, purchased it up. Jeez. The eating disorder got so bad that I was just, I was so afraid to go into my own house at so, a certain point. So in your mind then, when you had this eating disorder, because you were extremely muscular at one point, like you were the, you were the biggest kid at Snap Fitness, like in, in the best way. Like when you kept calling yourself skinny, I'm like, I didn't know skinny was 20 inch arms. <laughs> like that's absurd. Anyways. So in your mind, what, like you just were, you were still fat. Is that how, like, because I know mind, everyone's meant, like, eating disorder is probably a little bit different. I'm too skinny, I'm too fat, and blah, 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 right? Like, like, in my mind, up until a year ago, I just saw how full of shit I was. I saw that crying kid in the mirror that I saw mm -hmm. throughout my entire life. I saw him, and he looked at me every day, and he said, this is not you. Hmm. But I chose to ignore that. He said, this is not you. This is not what you're doing. Stop before you hurt yourself. And I just chose to ignore it. And then the, th the worst thing was is I was getting positive attention for it. So it was yeah. reinforcing this terrible habit. Mm -hmm. Like I, One day it really broke me where this kid come up to me at the gym. He said, I just want to be just like you. That absolutely and broke me. And he had me. no idea what was going on he the inside. no yeah. idea. No idea. Maybe physically but not mentally. Yeah. yeah. So finally kiboshed that. Had to move out of the house for a little bit because, again, when I would pull just up to my house – I would shake in my steering wheel like this because I'd be having a nervous mm -hmm. breakdown. Because as soon as I got in the house, I knew it was game over. A switch would flip on. I kid you not, like a good half pantry food gone, binge, and that's how my nights would just begin. Jeez. So even to this day, if I get full, I get a really good pain up in my chest just because of the damage that's been done. So, and then with like the promoting mm. and the festival recording of Summer Sound, that was just another way to choose escapism. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fair. Yeah. Stopped. If you're too busy over here, you're going to be too busy to yeah, eat. Yeah, and, and the last thing like I wanted doing, to right? do was acknowledge a problem, my well, problem. Yeah, step, so, yeah. step two is what acceptance or whatever, something yeah. like that, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, promoting came in. Uh, like, I was given a great opportunity at Summer Sound. All mm -hmm. that came in. But I never acknowledged the root of my problems. And by that time, I was starting to burn out and understand that I had a serious issue. Mm -hmm. But I kept throwing myself in, like, these very stressful workplaces. So given in the, in the industry, yeah. I was in a restaurant business at the time. And that's where I found my best, worst enemy at the time, which was cocaine. Oh, Jesus. So that was introduced. Yeah, that's a slippery slope. That was introduced to me. And then... I started hanging out more and more with these. Well, won't say um, any names to keep people off the shit list. Bar industry, the name. Yeah. People, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, so hanging with people in yeah. industry, um, people getting higher up, and I was getting higher up. I was getting invited to these places. Like name was getting thrown around like that. Yo, that's the guy. Mm -hmm. And again, that came at a higher. Pr Excuse me. Yeah, I just had a ripple before this. <laughs> it's all good, man. And I got. The He's got the burps. That's what happens when that's so, your coping mechanism. When so you get serious, you just start let, burping. I'm just let one big one out. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. There you go. Okay. Another Instagram clip. No, I'm just kidding. Continue. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So that came and like, 
I just started getting asked to take on more tasks for people, and mm-hmm. I started putting that before my own mental health, and I had no regard for it. And then just the cocaine kept coming, kept coming. Again, I was getting this positive reinforcement on what you're doing, and it got so sucked into social media and that vortex. Plus, I can only imagine when you're high, you. I'm sure you either you probably just forget about everything else too. No, like, the, the 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 most fucked up thing with. Um, especially if you have mental health issues, the most the most honest truth of cocaine is it makes you more aware of the oh, things no. that are fucking I thought, you up. I thought it would make you like for a space quick out. ten seconds, you're gone. It's the best thing in the world, so you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that's gone, and then you're stuck with these thoughts, and then you're. That's when. Line oh, because I guess you're like, ground, yeah, yeah, because you want to keep forgetting that 10 seconds. Yeah, 10 seconds, 10 so seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that just led to an absolute just spiral. Just a spiral, yeah. Spiral, like I sp- the financial spiral. Fina- f- I could have paid my debts off twice over. With the amount of, mo- with the with amount the amount of money geez, I spent on Yeah, blow, it's definitely so. not cheap, that's for sure. Holy so shit, it just got to a point where uh, like, I went through four jobs in one year. Mm-hmm. I would burn so many bridges. It just felt so alone. And then, you know, just uh, just shy of a year ago came up. And everyone that I burned bridges with, and a lot of people just saw that, like, they just saw what was happening and fold in front of their the, eyes. The mess, yeah. But I was so in denial about everything. Like, from a kid, if something, like, because of the things that were taught to me as a child, yeah, I if something was wrong, it was never your fault. Mm. You blame it on the other things. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. got really good at convincing myself that it was everything's fault. Oh, so shit. I got blamed it on the food. I blamed it on the gym. Then I blamed it on the place I would work with with a blow. I blame it on the drugs. It was never any of those. So everyone saw this unfold, and I never recognized it. Then. You know, the week of, I spent probably two thousand dollars on cocaine to my. Two thousand dollars is a lot. That's it's a I, lot. That's a down payment on a small house. That's a car. Yeah. That's Jesus. That's an entire podcast yeah. studio for me. <laughs> so it was just so like the six months, last six months of it. Like I was when the blow ran out, I would be up to like eight in the morning, and I the numbness and anxiety that you get mm-hmm. when it's gone is out of this world because that's when it just makes you hyper aware of what's yeah. really bugging you. And, and what just happened. Too, yeah. Right? yeah. And then I was like, well, I don't want to deal with this. So I would go to the liquor store and buy three bottles of wine mm-hmm. and I'd polish two off in my car and get to my house and I'd polish one off for the day just to balance out that. Jeez, and that, that's yeah. what my life was. for. It's a roller coaster. That's what my life was for six months and then it finally caught up to me where I just felt so alone one night. This is like nights after having a literal knife up to my throat, debating if this is the night that I'm going to do Jesus it. Christ. Pressing it, pressing it up <laughs> against my throat, against my face, and then you know, really thinking I wanted to die, mm-hmm. and like wondering what night is it going to be that I finally dropped it, take me in my misery. Mm-hmm. So that was the case, and then the week up, the night, the night of. What finally? God damn it, Peter! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Sorry. Continue. The night of the night that it finally caught up was just started like any other night. I was alone, 
I didn't want to be my own hag, so I didn't want to acknowledge mm-hmm. the thing that was going on. I just walked over to a local bar and I started drinking by myself at this local bar, then ran into um, some people I knew, and of course, what did they have? They had cocaine. Yeah, that's it. That sounds about right. They, they had cocaine, and then that night started, and by this time, my tolerance was just so high, it was just like a gram a gram of blow for me was a warm up. Oh Jesus. So then bar closed and I was like, Well, this night's not over for me. Yeah, obviously. So called off call up a dealer dr- drove out to go see this yeah. guy absolutely f- blacked out. Yeah, yeah. Picked up two grams and then I was like, Well, who am I gonna do this with? Uh-huh. I did some by myself and then I was driving home through downtown. Um, homeless man, two homeless men waved me down, asked me for something, and word, word for word, I said, no, but do you want to do blow? They said, sure. Jeez. They said, sure. <laughs> so we pulled up to a parking lot and then just began this hour and a half fender bender with these two homeless people in my Jesus car. Jesus Christ. And it got so bad, I was so gone at the time, that one of that one of them pulled out a spoon and he started lighting melting oh, it no. and he took a needle he took a needle and he said can you hold my arm so next thing you know I was holding <laughs> like I was holding this guy's arm while he put a needle of liquid blow in his arm oh jeez it was so it was like at the time, it I it just seems normal. That's just like, yeah, you want me to hold your arm? Okay, well, sure. For me, like... for me, I kind of knew, but I just didn't care. I had no yeah, self regard you... for myself at this time. And then I was so gone that I said, "Can I do that?" No. I begged this guy to get a needle and put it in my arm because I just had no. You needed that care. extra little, yeah. Holy I just Christ. had not a desire, but I have to thank this homeless person probably everything from life. He, he, didn't, kn- he wouldn't let you. He knew that. There is something going on with this person in from, and he actually refused. He if said, there's this he, young kid in my in, in a, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So Jeez. when that ran out, I pull, went to ATM. I pulled out 200 bucks. I threw it him and said, "Okay, let's go find something else." Jeebus. So we went up to like these two like very questionable houses mm-hmm. in questionable neighborhoods. Thankfully, you got nothing. Yeah. And then we went to like a 7-Eleven in like a not a nice area. Mm-hmm. And he said, you got to stay here so I can get this. Hour went by. He never came. I was like, well, guess I got to go get more. So this is probably by 9 a.m. now. 9 a.m. I call. The was next- it at least a weekend, Eric? Is that? Was this no. at least a weekend? No, oh, no, Eric, no. So, <laughs> yeah, so 9 a.m. comes, and then I find um, someone to drop off two and a half grams. So I'm probably... Th- an eight ball in. Oh my god! I'm just by ball, yourself, Jesus. Eight ball in by myself by this time. Drops it off 10 a.m. and then this bender be- begins. And then I want to say around 4 p.m. is when like things start kicking in and like I can't I cannot describe this moment in my life, but it was so dark. I was just laying on my bed and then everything just got dark dark there's this shadow there's this big shadow on my wall and that's when i realized i was like whoa this thing is much bigger 
and much scarier than I ever anticipated. So you pretty much physically saw your addiction in your like in your I, stupor or whatever you want to like, call it. I don't. I can't. I don't. And like I don't know if that was a warning sign for me uh-huh. or whatever it was, but it was something, something summoning. And then an hour later, next you know, um, I what I found out later is that if like if you're that far in, you're not supposed to drink or eat. Oh really? Because it, it messes up for your digestion, huh. especially water, because it'll take everything that's stuck in your system and push oh, it through. Oh no! Yeah. So I got just... up and I was like, I haven't ate for a day and a half. Yeah. I drank a bunch of water and then next thing you know, my vision is blacking out. Oh, I'm pacing. Geez. I'm pacing back and forth. I'm like, what am I gonna do right now? And my thought process was this: I said, I either accept that this is gonna be my last moment. Mm-hmm and accept that I've never achieved anything that I truly wanted to in my life and go out knowing that I never came clean with anyone or I pray to God that there's something better out there for me. Mm-hmm. And, the, and that's the moment that I knew that I always thought that I, I truly wanted to die up until that, that moment. Mm-hmm. Like there's no more... When you accept that you're going to die at 25, sorry, no, I was 24. When you accept that you're going to die at 24 years old, not achieving anything you've ever hoped for, not letting your parents know, it's a very scary feeling. Yeah, because it's that that'd be like the most insanely lonely feeling. I it was think so. Of, I think like I can't. It was the most miserable feeling of my life. Absolutely. Like yeah, I saw sense. I saw what death looked in the eyes and I felt it and it was it was just sad. So that that was your rock bottom then. That was I think honestly my rock bottom was I had so many rock bottoms. That was just the, But you just kept digging though, that but was I think just the final That was the last that, that was, was the just, last one. That was the final one, like that it needed to happen in that way and the scariest thing that i still think of today is what if my heartbeat never raised up and i just chose to continue doing it yeah like Like, or or what if what if that homeless person actually found drugs or what if he let you do that bump too right like Like, yeah my life would have been my life would have been over like great my life would have been over so yeah, we cert we certainly wouldn't be sitting here talking about this absolutely yeah that's jesus christ not so I've, I've buried one friend. I have no interest in doing it again for at least another 60 years. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, and since then, like, the world I live in has just been, like, lit on fire. Like, takes a lot. When you get sober, you have to start diagnosing that, like, you're the issue. Yeah. And, you, it? Have, and you have to start acknowledging. You have to start, like, doing some very deep work. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I finally got clean, I read a book called... Um, it's by it's by Russell Brand. It's oh, I know his book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I read that. I followed it step for step. And I think the biggest thing for me was writing down. There's exercise, two exercises in particular that really helped. One was writing down everything that's ever emotionally scarred you in your life, and then <laughs> writing da- writing down why it scarred you and what part of your life it affected. So took me two days. Next thing you know, yeah, I... say that's a long-ass book probably. Eh? <laughs> t- took me two days to write down everything. By the time you had... By the time it was done, I had... Recovery, freedom from our addiction? Yeah. Okay. So by the time... 
I was done. I had just shy of a hundred things from oh. from I was from my earliest memories to twenty four that emotionally scarred me. And then the second one was writing down unhealthy resentments. So the big thing so what an unhealthy resentment is is something that you internalize without you consciously consciously recognizing mm. that. So for him, he wanted to talk about how he resented his mom for having cancer. So and he resented her for having cancer because he was a kid. If I'm not mistaken, the parents were sp- mm-hmm. split up, and he took that as an act of that she doesn't want him anymore. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah. But, of course, it's not the kid's fault. They just, you just, that's, divorce is never usually, like, never the yeah. kid's fault, right? But yeah. when you're a kid, it's like, oh, mom and well, dad don't like me anymore. When you're a kid, you don't know these yeah, things. And, that, yeah, and that's you exactly, take them so yeah. deeply. So what was, what was step one after... Like, did you just go sleep that off, or like, what did you like uh, walk me through? What was what was what was the next forty eight hours like? Um, if you can re- if you can even remember it, that's sounds... the next the next forty eight hours. Well, uh, parents came to visit me at the hospital. Okay, good. You went to the let them know. Um, I sh- phoned two very close people with me at the time. Well, one still close, Shay. Oh, okay. Phone Shay. Told him straight yeah, up. If like, anyone, well, if you're gonna phone anyone, yeah, that sounds like the guy then, to phone. Yeah. And then um, someone that I used to date. Uh, phoned her and then I phoned another friend of mine as well and then that's what the hospital looked like for the next they didn't hold me overnight because my um, whatever scan they do in her heart all of that was fine so I caught yeah. my caught myself early with that one um, but I'm sure like I'm sure they put you on an IV for the a little no, bit no nothing Jeez. I caught my I, I caught well, myself you, I caught myself early, early. I, oh, I, okay, made okay. A, I made a I made a split call so Jeez. yeah and then Parents were honestly just happy to have me alive, so yeah. they brought me to um, the house. Had pizza, crushed crushed a pizza, <laughs> um, slept it off because then slept in two days. Yeah, that sounds right. And yeah. then um, I just started phoning people, and I had to let it digest. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. I had to let it digest. Had to let it digest. Went back in the house, cleaned out my room, threw out all the baggies. And then just started figuring figuring out like where to step one begin. Like did like phoning like uh, rehab centers like. So I thought about I steps. thought about rehab, but like unfortunately, like due to like blowing X amount of money. Oh, that's like, You don't have you don't yeah. have funds for you don't have funds for any of that. So like I w- and I'm too old now to get covered by um, any family benefits for of like course. healthcare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had knowing I had to do this all of myself was exciting. But also terrifying. That's, a, that's David and Goliath right there. So <laughs> that's insane. Um, I picked up Russell Brown's book, and then from there I just started. Like I've always wrote. I've all writing poetry has been my release. Writing in general, so I was writing, writing lots, and then following along with like twelve step exercises, mm-hmm. and then just continuously reading books that challenge my viewpoint of myself and just of life of and just of life of general so mm-hmm. there's a few books by by Eckhart Tolle that were very impactful too of recognizing okay. yourself other people and that really helped me start peeling back these just how i looked at life just peeling back these like egos that i lived in pulling back how i looked at people making me understand that like we're all the same people mm-hmm. we all have the same needs you only want to be loved you want to be cared for you want to be nurtured yeah, watch the table i gotta fix this table sorry 
and then f and then from there just taking a loving approach to how I start tendering myself mm -hmm. with my care so even to this day I still write lots yeah, that's I still good, yeah. read I still read books that rip off band-aids like for me I just walk straight into it throw the mic back in the stand there if it's falling out just ham yeah you guys there you go there you go yeah so for me I just walked right into the fire I just knew that was the only way to go and if it if it wasn't going to be like that like I was going to be dead yeah that's like well, that's, I, there's that's, no that's there's the no point, ult right? no ultimatum and I just had so many other things to live for like music thing started taking off yeah i started to have people in front of me like there's all, so many things that i knew i could be achieving mm -hmm. and i never lived up to and it take unfortunately for me it took dying to see what i could not have been mm -hmm. to understand that there's no way in hell that i want to live the rest of my life like that like just well, being just no being way. able to wake up every day it's all the motivation i need in my life right now yeah, that's just yeah. That makes that makes total sense because like there's no way you would have been able to survive going on the path you were going. Obviously, like that's <laughs> I would have that, been. I that's been, a write off. Yeah, I would have been dead. I honestly would have been dead. Maybe maybe shank. Like I would like well homeless. One of the like you'd be dead. Well, in the that streets, right? you that know what I mean? owing like, owing how many people money bankrupt? Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, like so honestly. So now that you're sober, that's like. No alcohol, no weed, no. Well, uh, no alcohol, no hard drugs. I still like, um, still will do like cannabis once, twice a week. Okay, I find that I, I don't want to call it like, it's not hard, it's not bad, but like even like the people I talk to that are sober, they're like, oh, I still smoke weed yeah, once a while, but like, I'm like, it's. I don't find it like everyone's like, oh, the gateway drug. I'm like, I don't really. Alcohol think is actually so, proven man. to be the like, gateway drug. Oh, hundred percent. There's so many statistics like. Um, cognitively, they both age your brain the same. So in that regards, it's not mm. the best, especially if like, if you have like neurological issues. Well, plus just your organs, yeah, <laughs> like your yeah, liver and like kidneys and stuff. Everything man, in like... moderation, but just for me, like I struggle with depression mm. on a daily basis. So you, do you take anything else for that stuff now? Are you got no. any? No. Have you looked into it? There's, or is the, that just... there's a wonderful Jim Carrey quote that I love. It says, "I believe in depression, but I also believe if you don't sleep right, exercise, and eat uh. right." You don't have a fighting chance. So let's fix everything else first, and then maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. That may, yeah. That, that, that's kind of what I was thinking yeah, too. Like, like, for me, like for me, like meditation's been a huge part of my day. Just getting up, meditating, up. going for nice, nice walks, practicing gratitude is a huge thing. Being grateful for Focusing everything. Focusing yeah. what I have instead of what I do not. Prayer, you know, just many little, many little things. Hectic. That's that's a complete one eighty. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. Um. So like, I'm. <laughs> that was a lot to take in. Give me a second to think of something. <laughs> Sorry, that's fucking insane. Um, it's the first time I've ever told anyone this. Yeah. So. Well, it's. <laughs> yeah. There's gonna be a couple hundred people listening to it in about a week and a half. So get <laughs> ready for that. Um. It's okay. Well, again, we can cut out whatever you want. That's fine. Whatever it doesn't matter to me. It makes more work for me. So let's not cut out anything. <laughs> but let's cut out. Just cut out the part that you sing and cut it out. Yeah, yeah, there you go, yeah. Um, so, you come from the gym, then you go to you go to your uh, club promoting, managing, blah, blah, blah. When when in all of this did music, like, how did you get involved, manage, like, because you're music yeah. manager now, right? Like, that's your title? Well, I was, so, um, this is a thing. Music was always what I wanted to do from a very young kid. Mm -hmm. Like, there's absolutely no denying it. 
Like I would remember as as young as I can remember, I would like write music. Even though like I would just write music, I would just sing along to songs on the radio. And somewhere when when the at home life started getting super fucking chaotic mm-hmm. with fist fights and the bullet like it went hand in hand with the bullying at school. Mm-hmm. Like getting spit on by girls and the f- absolute full fist fights with my dad. They were happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So somewhere when that happened, I just put music to the side. I I had no confidence in it because I was getting picked on. Yeah. I had none. So I put it to the side. And then as I started going throughout the bodybuilding and the music management, the festival is I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And the biggest, one of the huge things that was eating me up was I was denying myself this thing that I've always wanted to do. Which is and music, no matter yeah. what I wanted, no matter where I went, mm-hmm. that's why I saw this kid crying in the mirror all the time. She said, this isn't what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, people around me just knew, like, why are you doing what you're doing right now? Because they just knew that I saw things a little different. So, music's always been there. It hasn't been until the past two years that, especially since I've got sober, that there's just no no time to waste. Like, m- my purpose in this world is to give back and make it a better place mm-hmm. through empowering people, through speaking, and just giving them, whether it's different types of music, different type of fundraising events, different type of initiatives, that's my gift to the world is doing these things for people to give them a portal of awareness through music. Yeah, that right, that makes sense. So since since then, I, I can't really describe it. My world's just been on fire, and the more I've went through, the more I've went through things, the more I've understood that I really don't want to do a lot of things. And I started saying no to a lot of things. Yeah, and that's just... I just started yeah, saying yeah, no to a to, lot yeah. of things. I cut out, like, everyone at the time. There's two people that are still with me. I cut out everyone else, including girlfriends, including close friends. Mm-hmm. Cut them out. And then, especially for the past six months, that's where the love you thing comes in. Right, this, okay, this is, yeah. That's what I say. It's a final form of me finding myself because love you has been there since forever. Mm-hmm. But now it's to put now, now it's time to put it on the outside. Love you, yeah. love you, just starting to come out, come out now. So right, then that makes sense, man. So how how did you end up meeting up like meeting up with Shay then? Um, well, Shay through Remedy. So honestly, Remedy was a back thought in my head. Well, it's a back thought in myself and my old partner at the time, uh, George's head about a year and a half ago at the Old Northern Touch. Music Fest, mm-hmm. and I spent that entire festival printing handouts to pitch everyone on the festival at Remedy, and Shay just took notice, and from there, it was kind of a wrap, and we've been supporting each other, so, like, that's how, that's how, that, Remedy's been the foundation that's allowed me to meet so many beautiful people. Oh, dude, absolutely. Like, it's opened up doors that I could never imagine, it's all, and it's all just because I've chosen something that I genuinely loved for the first time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. That's like giving back and making it about music. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just sh- it, again. It's just giving. Remedy is about giving people something to open a light on them. Mm-hmm. In no means is remedy to say that music, art, you do this, you're gonna get better. Absolutely, that's not what remedy is about. Mm-hmm. Remedy is just about being brutally brutally fucking honest yeah. with what mental health looks like yeah. to some people. So you're going to have people singing about overusing drugs. You're going to have 
artists paint these demonic pictures, well, that demonic picture might be the image in their head that they're trying to get out yeah, to express that's, them. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. Or you're going to have dancers doing, like, edgy edgy dancing. Like, rev- remedy is to paint a bolder picture on what mental health looks like to different type of people. Yeah. Like, especially for the kids that we're trying to cater to um, in the after-school program. Oh, yeah, right, like, yeah, they're yeah. At, they're at-risk kids. And in no means are are they going to gravitate towards this folky, upbeat, bright colored thing. Like people that are going through these things, this is what their world looked like. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not light happy all the time. No, definitely not. Some people want to be able to express the other side of them, so that's where remedy comes in. And that's where that's why remedy is important right now, is we're taking an approach that I guess some people call not traditional or risky, but we're gonna be in your face, we're gonna be vocal about it. And we're gonna start being real on what mental health looks like, because mm-hmm. the yeah the the social media and stuff plays it up too. Yeah, I don't know, too happy and too proper. It's like do this, it works. Yeah. Do this, it works. Like, well, no, like that's why you have remedy. It's like such different yeah. genres of music too, because not everyone's gonna relate just to rap. Yeah, some like me, I'm not gonna relate to rap. If you have a metal band up there, yeah, count yeah. me in. I'm gonna be paying attention, right? But that's why you have different and, versions and, and, of music, yeah, right? And they, like remedy just show different. Remedy just showing different versions of artistic expression. Yeah, because everyone's period. gonna take away from something period. something differently. Like, yeah, like it's we're not knocking on the wellness because wellness is incredibly important with your mental health maintenance, mm-hmm. but we're trying to get towards the people that are still dealing with things that need to see mental health awareness mm-hmm. and events in a different light that's darker, that speaks to them. And that's these kids that are going through things like that. No, that makes a lot of sense because mo- I'm going to assume most of those kids probably are all in that dark place rather than, you know, yeah, the any, I woke up and had a bad day today. No, no. Every yeah. day they have a bad day. Yeah, and even if and even if they're not, for example, um there's two like Shay's a great example. He still makes incredibly dark demonic music, mm-hmm. but he's completely sober and he takes care of himself. And it's just a place he knows very yeah. well, right? So Yeah, like these are just different. We want to use people that are honest about it mm-hmm. and are edgy and just show it in a beautiful different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that yeah, and that very much describes well most of who I know that goes up there. <laughs> yeah, and like I, and just like for artists, for example, by the name of Pink Panda that we're having, okay. she makes these unbelievable. Um, I don't even want to say that like, they're like dark cartoon drawings that are out of this world. And no means would you consider that like mental health appropriate, but absolutely it is because she's drawing these things that she relates to and this is her getting herself out there cool oh i didn't even think to look at this girl's instagram this is sweet mm-hmm. so cool. so yeah so yeah oh man i thought i honestly just assumed she was a performer that's really cool though yeah, oh man i so want half of these as tattoos <laughs> yeah so like we want to take people like this and throw them in front of the kids that we're that we're dealing with mm-hmm. because as at least for right now oh, follow back sorry our, our <laughs> Our our thing is we're dealing with at-risk kids. That's what we want to go to. So in order to attract them and get to them, we have to speak a language that is their own. Yeah. yeah we yeah, can't yeah. take um, a traditional way of speaking to them in a language that, that's proven they don't reciprocate. They and don't digest. And it's coming from someone who's been there rather exactly. than just like a school teacher that's like, oh, you got to get better. No, yeah, it's... Well, that's like a no-knock on education system because many teachers are doing fantastic jobs. 
but sorry, a teacher was a bad example. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But like, it's your mom and dad. It's yeah. like no, they don't get it the way that yeah. you know you would get yeah. it, right? So like, we still have to use um, a licensed music therapist. But right now, we're just trying to find someone that gets it, that can take back some of this traditional approach as far mm-hmm. as like dealing with kids' behavior, mm-hmm. and put themselves in the place of that kid. Yeah. So if you can put yourself in place of the person across from you. That's when we can start getting a real connection, right, no matter yeah. where you are in life. So, uh, from last remedy to this remedy, what are some of the things that you know people can expect to be a little different? Like, what what were some of the notes you took from last year and bring it into this year? Um, music, music's gonna be the first. The thing. genres, like the different the kind genre, of genres. The genres. So yeah, I did EDM and stuff in there yeah, a little bit EDM, too. That's cool. Darker painting, uh, artsier venue to scale that back a little bit. Yeah, the smaller venue, I think, yeah, will be a huge benefit. Like, there's not too much that's being changed. There's things that are always being in- improved. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's just a smaller scale one than the one at the Met. So it's a very limited capacity. I think our venue is like 200. So we're expecting a nice sellout. Oh, that'll be, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, 200 yeah. of you is right in the wellhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's just going to be wild. It's going to be fun. It's going to compact. As soon as you walk in, like, there, it's going to, there's gonna be shit going on. Stimulation, eh? like crazy. So that that's it. Like I don't want to say more, but it's gonna be a fun time. <laughs> who do you who do you run this with? Is or is it just all air? Is it just all uh, you? So I am incredibly fortunate to be working with um, Inspire Community Outreach. Right. Oh yes. Okay. So um, Angela Taylor has taken. That's the head of Inspire. If you don't know. Okay. Angela and Lisa, the co-founder, have just taken me under their wing right on and they've allowed me to operate what is remedy mm-hmm. and allow me to do utilize resources out there is giving me guidance and really steer me to where remedy needs to be so i'm super fortunate for that partnership that's good yeah no that's yeah. awesome because like that was i remember working even with uh well not working with but like our midtown did that um Deadlift for Dreams, but that was through Dream Factory. But it's just crazy how much like they're actually involved with all this. It sounds yeah. a lot like much like Inspire, two different yeah. goals, but same idea, yeah. right? Yeah. Like Dream Factory's kid, they're you know sick kids, or Inspire's yeah. you know more at the uh, risk kids. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. I'm no I, this. I think this remedy will be not that it like yeah. the first one's always a trial and error, right? <laughs> yeah. And then where this one, I think I think you'll have the more of the bumps out. You'll wrinkle so get some more of the wrinkles out. Smaller, I. I can't agree enough. A smaller venue is going to be the game changer. Yeah. Yeah. It's always like, like the said, Mets gorgeous, but that's a 5,000 seat place. Not, uh, <laughs> yeah. We're trying to make money this time. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, well, yeah, that's then that's always the goal too, to right? Raise money this time, yeah. not lose money. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah. Um, but no remedy is constant. Um, there is no end goal. No. You just do it every year. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like remedy is just one of the one of the many products of like just trying to give back to this world, make mm-hmm. it a better place. So there's a need for it's always a need for mental health, especially with at risk kids. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, those at risk kids in school divisions that are in rough areas, they're not getting the love like the other school. No, bars. God, no, absolutely not. So we got to go to them because we can't. We can't say mental health isn't up and up, 
by basing it off of a small group that we test on when we don't include the entire population. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's just that's just yeah. science, right? Like you're gonna if, if you only yeah. if you only study this, you're gonna get small results. But if you do this, yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna get such such bigger yeah. results. Uh, what like so? Give me a five year goal for remedy. Like how big? Like what would you? What was? What's the ideal for remedy? If you can even give, if you can even. The idea for remedies. Like, serve, obviously, there's like serve as many communities as possible and change as many lives as possible. Right, and that is just strictly through selling tickets, getting you know. But yeah, eventually, well, but like as the I years go on, you'll book bigger names, more people yeah, will come, I mean, and like, like stuff like that. Like I think like it's that, important right? for people to understand that the, the events that you see remedy, these are just fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Um, like We Day is a great example of oh, doing. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I don't yeah. like if anyone's not familiar with We Day. If you are, um, I'll give. Those who aren't a refresher, We Day is a big event series that books these massive shows all throughout the world, and they bring in the biggest names. And it's all for kids. Now, these they use these events for f- fundraisers to funnel money into their charities. So that's what Remedy is. Uh, okay, all right. So Re- Re- Remedy, there's two sides of Remedy. There's the events that everyone sees. Yep. But it's important for everyone that walks through the door to understand this is for a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to just throw shows, well, you just have, throw shows, and have parties yeah, and make money, like so many people do, I would just go throw shows. Yeah, yeah. But oh, that was a good one. Good for you. Cut that out. Um, forty-eight. But minutes, okay. with there's one thing that I found that I really just don't agree with, and it, it's making a lot of money. Off a club setting and a show, mm-hmm. and having and not serving the world with anything. Yeah, so of course, of course, the goal is to build remedy to a point where like thousands of people can come to a That'd show, crazy, come to yeah. a show. But that means absolutely nothing if I'm not serving the community, if I'm not serving kids that need, and if I'm not yeah. doing, if I'm not utilizing this for good. If you're not giving back, yeah. what's the point? Like, right? Yeah, like I. The main goal for Remedy is to serve as many kids to get across Canada, to get across North America, and break into these places. So, like in February, I'll be going to LA to start pitching this on a, on a bigger scale. So that's what Remedy that's what Remedy's for. That'd be huge going to LA for that. That'd be crazy. Even just like having one down there, and then having one here, and then having yeah, because like, re- there's a weed day in just what about every major city in the yeah, world? Yeah, yeah. Like we want to start local, but we want to get interest. We want to get interest on the concept of it mm-hmm. and start partnerships see see who's see who's in on it right present them the why it's important and we'll go from there is there other places like other than just ticket sales that like people can donate to remedy yeah so it is in the event info on remedy on facebook if you're not then go on your facebook right now yes now and then type in remedy at prohibition. Okay, I see you clicked on it. There we go. <laughs> now click going. Click the about info. And then if you go right to the bottom of info, you'll see a sentence that says, if you would like to donate to remedy, then send an email to inspirecommunityoutreach at gmail.com. Put remedy in the subject line and then let them know how much you'd like to donate. Um, again, all the money that Remedy makes is going towards an after-school program for at-risk kids who are susceptible to bullying, 
mental health issues. We're taking them. We're giving them something new, something exciting for them to look forward to. We're creating a music program that's going to show them how to make music at home. That's going to show them how to use music as a therapy in order to better other parts of their lives. So all the money we're making right now is going towards equipment to just fund that, field trips, permits, all that fun stuff. Right on, man. Anything else you want to plug while we're while you're doing the plug, the plug stage of the show? Um, I'll, do you want? I'll add that uh, Facebook link too, to the Instagram, mm-hmm. like the the sponsor thing, because like I think because a lot of people like my parents, grandparents, whatever, they're not gonna go to the yeah. show, but if they want to give ten or fifteen bucks, like that's a much that's a big opportunity, yeah, right? Rather sure. than buy a ticket and not go, then you sell out and then oh, tough out, you should tough out of luck, right? For sure, yeah. And that's that's definitely been um some feedback so we'll get on that don't worry yeah and then make it an easier click through link yeah too. that sounds like a whole lot of de- work def- de- definitely definitely um as far as another thing i want to plug um any nice no, nice words you did a very I mean, nice intro i mean if you're watching this right now if you've been touched by this at any point if you're struggling with an addiction or any mental health issue right now just know that the best thing you have right now is choosing one thought over another and understanding that just because something is going on in your mind that does not mean that is entirely you you're just witnessing this thing happening in your mind so now that you understand that you're witnessing this thing happening in your mind you now know that you have the power to choose if you want to see that anymore or not so get help go see a therapist go talk to a friend just get up in the morning, go read, just do something. Um, something for you. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a journey, but believe me, it's worth it. It's worth it. You're loved, you're wanted in this world. Um, and if you want to ever reach out to me, my Instagram is at loveyouluv.uu. Aside from that, I just want to thank a few people who have been my absolute rocks. Um, first goes to Shay. Uh, Haves and angela taylor also i want to give out uh, another shout out to a amazing person i've met in the past two weeks her name is lobo weep who's oh a, okay who's really sh- um gave me the last bit of inspiration needed to fully be comfortable with myself and also a thank you to this man right here yeah for me on. i get one <laughs> yeah, no oh, problem. Am I cat pumpkin? Oh, shut up. Am I cat pumpkin? <laughs> this is always an, uh, a platform for you to like promote yourself and promote remedy. That's definitely never an issue. Oh, and one last, I'll be at the legislative building for the Winnipeg March for Mental Health speaking on this. If you want to see that in person, also, it's just a large march for mental health at the legislative building in Winnipeg. Do you support mental health community? Come through for that. Okay, I'm done. Okay, now shut up and let me talk. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, uh, yeah, you're always more than welcome to come on here and promote your stuff, especially like you're nice enough to let me be a part of a small part of Remedy. That's kind of cool. Got my name on a poster. That's definitely a, definitely a step in the right direction. Um, I'll be there. Any of those links and all those people you tagged, I know most of them, but like anyone else, I can tag them in this and put their information in the bio um, as well as plus obviously your Instagram Remedy ticket sales because this... This will be out after the tickets go on sale, correct? August 5th, you said tickets yes, go on sale, right? Be, okay. Yeah, so if you want to get tickets, I'll have a Yeah, ticket. this this will be the Thursday of that week. This will this will be out the 8th. 
which you'll yeah. be listening to it on the 8th, but the 5th is Very when tickets are on sale, and then, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so bad uh, for that. Well, <laughs> if you're listening now, no, it's not going to be right now. You but. can find the ticket link on the event page, on our Instagram page, which is at Welcome to Remedy, or if you want to go to showpass.com, search up Remedy, look for the nice yellow microphone with different colors in the background, you'll find it, and you can get it online, or we have physical tickets. Right on. Uh, so yeah, all the information that Eric just spoke about will obviously be in the podcast description. You can go through my Instagram to get tickets. I can point you in the right direction for sure. I'll be there. Winnipeg's finest will be there. Uh, no, that's gonna be the lineup. Seems insane. So I'm super excited. Yeah. That's that's a strong lineup. Yeah. House, not, of, House of Panda, who just played on Ultra Main Stage. That's right. Ultra Main have Stage. Have Drink Bleach. Have Shay. Yeah. Shay. Andre? Jesus? No, no, no. no. Pink Panda, Dancing by Tino Star. It's going to be a very diverse, fun lineup. There's going to be something for everyone. And of course, we have free pizza for you. Oh, yeah. Why did we forget the most important part? Free pizza. Guys, free goddamn pizza. Two pieces for person. Oh, uh, well, okay. Well, there's always there's always an asterisk next to it. That's fine. I'll take my free two pieces. Donation after two. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you want five asterisks after this? Anything else? You have to wear the remedy shirts and whatever. Uh, thanks for coming by, Eric. Obviously, it's always fun. This was a, this was what you would call uh, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is definitely not the Eric I was friends with in high school. But this is I'm gonna say this that was po- it. this well on the inside I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, this is that was fun (laughs) no uh, thanks for coming over Eric this was a good time